so freaking bad. Wrestle Welcome, everybody, to Juice Pro Wrestling, episode 118. This week, we have another very motherfucking special guest for you guys, you boys and girls out there in the punk rock and wrestling world. Um, we like to bring musicians on here that, uh, you know, we were influenced by, that we're fans of, that... Um, are also in the pro wrestling so they can share their stories with the entire world. Why? Because it's fucking cool to do so. And this week, we have none other than the motherfucking mayor of Brutalville, Jeff Clayton from AHIT. What's going on, brother? What's up there, man? Just chilling, chilling at the Monday Monday night as of this recording. Uh, I'm not watching Monday Night Raw. <laughs> All right, I had to push you back an hour. Sorry about that, man. Oh, no, no, I'm not watching because it, it's the drizzling shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I wouldn't be watching, watching it either, so. <laughs> it's all good, man. How's everything going in your world, man? Man, it's good. Everything's good down here. Hell yeah. Good to hear, dude. I hate that we don't, you know, get to go out and play or anything, but, you know, other than that, I guess under the circumstances, everything is as good as it can be. Have you guys uh, done anything as far as, like, the quarantine jams and all that shit that everybody's doing. Yeah, man, we did a lot of show back on uh, June 13th, um, seen by uh, 18,000 people. Fuck yeah. It was the greatest thing on the internet. How'd you miss? <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> I miss a lot of things. Were you asleep no. up there in Indiana? <laughs> I could be. I very well could be. Um, how is that compared to, I mean, it's really just the same as fucking practicing for you guys then, isn't it? We didn't do it like a practice. A lot of groups are doing that. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, it's our practice, you know, and you guys can see us. Now, we hired a sound crew that was not afraid of COVID-19. <laughs> We hired a light crew and uh, a sound man. And there's a, a PA, lights, uh, set design, everything. We did it like a live show. I told the guys, I said, I don't get it. I don't care if we fumble and mess up the whole song. Keep going. we got to plow through, man. We ain't stopping and giggling about it. We're going to keep going. And we're going to play it just like a live show. And I told I told him, I said, you know, keep this in mind. We're probably playing to the biggest crowd we've ever played to in our career. Yes. <laughs> I said, mm-hmm. keep that in mind. And uh I think it went real well. Matter of fact, yep. it went so well that it's going to come out as a uh, LP and CD sometime uh, <laughs> in September. <laughs> I fucking love that, brother. Got to capitalize on the moment, man. <laughs> Super fucking cool. Um, what was I going to ask you about that? Uh, so, in the midst of doing all this, it's fucking weird, though. You know, I, I play in a band myself, and we've been kind of tossing around the idea of uh, doing something like this. I mean, you know, we, we do grindcore and all that shit, and we've always kind of went hard in the paint, whether there was, like, one person there or, you know, a couple hundred people or whatever. But it, it's funny, like you said, the, you know, you potentially could have been playing in front of the most people you ever played in front of, you know? And it's not like you guys are any slouch band. You guys anti definitely a brand and a fucking name that a lot of people are familiar with. I mean, you guys have been around forever, man. Forever in a day. <laughs> yeah, forever in the motherfucking day. Record with Gigi Allen and all that shit. <laughs> That's something I want to touch upon here uh, tonight, too. But um, I really want to get into some wrestling talk with you, man. You seem to be all up on the, uh, the hardcore shit. Uh, you definitely got that Mick Foley vibe, you know, with the, the flannel and the barbed wire bat, and when you play, you're rubbing the barbed wire on your head and headbutting it, <laughs> which is fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, all, all kind of nonsense like that. Yeah, yeah. Really cool shit, though, man. Let's backtrack a little bit. Um, when there was a, maybe you were a wee Jeff Clayton, how, how old were you when you got into wrestling? Well, man, you know, 
on a bunch of our late night drives home from wherever state we're in to back to the Carolinas, we, we talk about wrestling and, you know, stuff that we grew up on, you know, and I, I, I've tried to pinpoint the very time, but I, man, I really can't because it was just around. All the time, mm-hmm. like uh, you know, a grandpa watched it all the time. And, you know, and uh, it sounds it sounds hokey, but he was one of those dudes that he yelled at the TV, would throw the TV guide at it. You know, he, that was real. Yeah, it's not something that they make up. It happened. I saw mm-hmm. it, and it was you know the black and white wrestling at that point, right? The sixties, you know, and um, mm-hmm. and I just remember um, one of the first live wrestling events I ever saw, and I and I don't know what group it would have been, but it was in a small town in Pfeiffer College uh, near the place I grew up in uh, New London, North Carolina, and uh, it had people there like, uh, um, I just really remember Bulldog Brower. He really, really left an impression on me, you know, and um, I think it was uh, Rip and Buzz Tyler. It was, it was guys like that. I don't, I don't remember there being any really big names, but I just remember watching Bulldog Brower, seeing that reaction he got, and how he kind of scared the hell out of me, and I really, really liked that, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, of course, you know, uh, a typical Saturday for us was, you know, watching cartoons in American Bandstand and going out and raising hell for a while and come back in and to catch the wrestling at three, you know, and yeah. it, it, it was the Mid-Atlantic. And we watched that stuff, you know, from um, very early time. And um, and I guess I kept with it, I kept with it all the way until I moved out of New London and I moved to uh, Charlotte. And uh, I moved into an apartment that had something, you may have heard of it, uh, it's called Cable. <laughs> I, I hooked it up to the TV and I saw this thing called Georgia Championship. And I was like, yeah. And I've seen a lot of these dudes in the magazines, but I've never seen them before, you know? And, mm-hmm. And so the whole new world of that stuff was opened up for me. But, uh, you know, and, and I say to fan, I, I say to casual fan throughout the, uh, the mid-80s or, or the late 80s into the early 90s, I guess. I say to casual fan, I wasn't as gung-ho into it. And then uh, and then I guess it started, you know, with all when they started getting the shows on Saturdays, like um, 605, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, WCW. Yeah, you know, and um, watching all that, and then, you know, of course, the Monday Night War started up, and then came the Attitude Era and all that stuff, and, you know, and, and I stayed I stayed loyal all the way up pretty far into that. Then it just got to be too much for me, and I couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, especially when a lot of the guys that you love watching going up and all that, and all of them are dying off. Yeah. And, and I know there's a shitty attitude toward new guys coming up, but, man, I mean... Uh, Sometimes I just can't force it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, like I can tell you the last pay-per-view I paid for. What's that? Uh, was when Shawn Michaels retired Flair. So there was Mania. was one of the Manias. Like, uh, I can't remember which number. I think it was, like, early. Was it early 30s or 28 or something? I can't remember. I, 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 man, I can't remember. I just remember, you know, that was going to be Flair's swan song. Right. I watched it. I saw Michaels do the getting ready for sweet chin music. Told Flair he loved him, and then popped him. He cried like a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, mean, I know it's a work, but man, I'm still like, oh, good, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's cool. That's you know, I mean, that's why we're sitting here talking. That's why I like fucking talking. Anybody that you know gets that emotion from it because it is. I mean, you know, everybody knows what wrestling is, but when it can do something like that to you and derive such emotion from a person, that's that's fucking entertainment. That's good entertainment, you know. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you something, man. I, I was in one of the starcades uh, here in Charlotte, and I, and I can't, nice. I'm sorry, but I cannot remember numbers very well, man. I, I'm, I'm terrible about that. So, <laughs> but um, 
it was a it was a match where Flair won the belt back from Vader. Oh shit! Okay, I remember and, that. And it was the one where, and it it was also the same show where where Flair broke his tooth. Mm-hmm. And he was crying. He was running bloody as hell and crying because he was in enormous pain. Because that tooth just broke, you know. He had to go to the emergency room after. Man, I remember when he won that belt, we were on the floor. We were like five rows away from the ring, you know. Oh, and Eddie shit and everything. And, man, people were hugging each other and didn't even know each other. <laughs> Me and my brother all cheered up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, dude. That's so fucking you know, awesome. You like, you're so overcome with emotion, and then you just want to go out and fight somebody. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> exactly, dude. Super kick. I got that werewolf pow! Hell yeah, brother. That, that, that is what it is all about, man. Um, me and Shredden have been to hella shows here within the last uh, couple of years since we've been doing this, and you know, even before I met him, we started doing this as a kid. I've been to a bunch of shows, and, uh, dude, it really is. There's nothing. You can go to a sports game, you know, whatever fucking sports team you like, or go to a movie, and if it's something you're really into, yeah, it'll it'll fucking it'll get you. But, man, dude, there's just something about, like, that raw feeling with professional wrestling. When it's good and it's on fire, to me, there's nothing that really tops it, you know, unless it's like seeing a fucking band that are amazed with, you know, or some shit like that, you know, like, say, imagine seeing, like, Sabbath or something, like, in the heyday, like, this fucking rocket, like, it, there's words can't really describe it, you know? I mean, you Man, I'm, there, I'm you telling you, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you, there, there's been times, and the most recent though, was when we played Japan. Mm-hmm. There's grown men. Yeah. And sobbing, because they never thought they'd ever see us, man, and I just, I take them and I hug them. I hug this damn man, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy too. In, in Japan, you know, huge wrestling culture over there. Um, New Japan pro wrestling is absolutely huge right now, and it's one of the promotions that kind of started this latest little boom here in wrestling. Um, what's it like going over there? Because I've seen that with a few other bands. I think I saw like Devo over there and shit, and I was like, man, it's some bands you wouldn't think that would be like translate well over to Japanese culture. But I mean, and they're over there like singing the fucking songs and shit, like. What was it like when you guys were over there? Man, listen, let me tell you something. Ever since I was a young kid, I wanted to go to Japan, man, because I, you know, I fell in love with all that kaiju stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I watch Ultraman every day. You know, and and to me, you know, studying Japan on my own. Mm. Whenever we were studying in school, you know, I was, uh, and and I just. I wanted to go, and I just, you know, and man, uh, this year I'm going to turn 57, and I went to Japan, it was for three days, three shows, it was for four days, three shows, and I found out that the treatment we got, uh, I mean, it was, it was what, what bands strive for, I mean, right. we, we were given a hotel, we were told what time our car would be around to pick us up, in Japanese, and they said we're going to be there at 3 o'clock, they don't mean 3.05. <laughs> and you know, and uh, they take you to the place, you know, shut up, feed you, you know. The, they say the show starts at 8. Man, we were on stage at this one place, 7.59, and they, they looked at us and they shook their head, nope, and they waited, and they waited till that clock hit 8, and then they raised the damn curtain up. And they're like, all right, the show starts at 8. 
we started eight, not seven fifty nine, motherfuckers. You know, <laughs> yeah. no. And man, the fans were just so. I mean, they 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 figured they'd never see you know because we're talking we're a band now into our thirty sixth year at this point. Yeah, thirty six years and we've never stepped foot over there. We've had records out over there. We've had CDs over there. We had the great Mister Pogo posed for our. Greatest hits yeah. of, of, of the uh, CD we did over there. He, he posed for the picture wearing an anti scene shirt and tearing anti scene records up. Fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know, so we've had all this. I didn't know who we are, but it never happened. Well, what 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 turned out to be was there was this young man coming up, right? Cutsu Blizzard, mm-hmm. along with another group called the uh, Shootmaster, which by that name, you can tell they're wrestling in Florida. Right. Well, the lead singer, he is now the new Mr. Pogo. Okay. He, wears, he wears the gimmick. He does, he does it all. Yeah. But, you know, he's it's, it's like, you know, they're, they're so, so loving people and just real, you know, they just come up and they, and he was telling, you know, you know, cause I always called him, um, what do I call him? I, I always give people nicknames, but he told me, he's just like, I, I am now Mr. Pogo. <laughs> you got it. You <laughs> to me now, man. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and um, it, it turned out we were only going to do Friday and Saturday. But a wrestling federation from over there called First Ring mm-hmm. found out that we were over and they were like, look, this may be the only time they come. We got to have them. And we don't do shows on Sunday, but we'll do one on Sunday to have them. And it was a tri- it was a tribute show to Mr. Pogo. And um, uh, what what is the... Uh, it's not Jun Jun Kasai, but the other the other blonde fella that does the hardcore stuff. Oh, because of me, I'm sorry, I'm terrible with names. No, no, it's, I, I get it. Besides uh, the one, is he the one that wears the goggles? No, that's Jun Kasai. Yeah, yeah. I can't think. Of, I know what you're talking. It's about. the other guy, but the blonde guy, you know, Japanese guy. Anyway, uh, he was there, and man. They, uh, it was way bigger than we we expected it was going to be. And, uh, so it was like a, a hardcore match in a band, a hardcore match, you know, when, uh, we got to play with Japanese band, uh, Abigail. Mm. And, uh, when we played, we were the last thing after the last match. And, um, and it, it was, I forgot to mention, it was also my 50th birthday. <laughs> Killer. And well, I couldn't think of a better way to spend the goddamn birthday. A death match in Japan to get to play. <laughs> yeah. No shit, man. Japan, like home of the fucking death match, you know? And, uh, you know, they made us like the grand marshals of the whole event. We They gave us stashes with our things on. We kept these little plastic balls that you sign. You throw them into the crowd and stuff. You know, all the wrestlers had them and everything. Mm. It, was, it was pretty incredible. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. I mean, that's <laughs> the dream come true, dude. It certainly was, yeah. I, I'd love to go. I, Japan's one place I haven't hit up yet. Um it's definitely somewhere I've wanted to go since I was a kid and all the amazing wrestling talent that's come from over there. And, uh, I was a huge Samurai Sunday, um, fan as a kid. They used to have all the fucking martial arts movies and shit on. Man, dude, it's, and I just, I love like what I perceive the culture to be and what you kind of said. It's, it's super respectful. You know, they're very like precise, like on time. It's all about respect over there, you know? Man, check this out. I, I, you know, like one of the mornings, you know, like all of us would get up and we just walk our separate ways all over the place. You know, because we're in like bad areas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, man, like, like one morning, I just uh, grabbed something to drink and I heard someone this overpass just watching a construction crew get ready for some work, for the work today. And you might think, well, you're that bored, you know, but I'm telling you, man, it was, it was something to see. 
<laughs> dudes lined up. They had their hard hats under their arms. The foreman tells them, hey, you know, they all go, hey, you know, put it on. <laughs> man, I was like, God damn, this is amazing. You know, <laughs> loved it. Loved it. I loved everything about Japan, man. The only thing I didn't like was a 15-hour plane ride. But, man, you know, I'll be with you in a minute. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Would you say it's probably your, that's definitely been your most favorite place that you've ever played? I mean, you guys been rocking around for a long fucking time. We've we played well since Japan now we've played uh, eighteen countries in the world and uh mm-hmm. that was my favorite by far. Yes. You got any horror stories from anywhere you've been overseas? Jesus Christ, yes. <laughs> Give me one real quick. Well the last mind. time the last time we went over to Europe, um, two thousand sixteen and uh, you know, we go and man, we, we're playing with negative approach and uh it's going great. First First show, I think they said it was sold out, you know, and mm-hmm. it's 2016, the United States is in the news, and I said, I raised my hand and said, make Germany great again. <laughs> well, I was kind of referring to 1991 when we first went over there, but everyone else assumes you mean 1941, so, you know. Right, right. Yeah, so... Uh, our, our tour kept getting, like, every show kept getting canceled, canceled, canceled. And um, some some places refused to bow down to the PC, uh, um, you know, cancel mob. And said, mm-hmm. you guys are going to play here. This is, you know, in Germany, where anti-scene, you know, got, got big. You know, y'all going right. to play here, you know. So there were a lot of people that stuck by us and realized, you know, they, they and some of these, these promoters have known us for 20 years. They know, I mean, they wouldn't work with us if we were those right. kind of people. And we exactly. would our airfare to be over there, you know? Mm-hmm. Silly. Silly. <laughs> yeah, there's some ridiculous shit going on in the world. I mean, how, how are you handling that? I mean, because it, you know, here's my take on it. I try not to be, uh, I mean, I don't care if I'm offensive to people, but I don't go out of my way you know what I mean? To like necessarily hurt anybody's feelings or directly go like at somebody. I mean, unless it's well fucking deserved. I mean, because let's face it, we've all met fucking assholes in our lives that ain't worth the fucking time of the day. But, you know, um, how was that for you guys? And like, you know, I mean, anybody familiar with anti scene and um, just kind of like your whole, guys' whole mentality, not saying, you know, like I'm not saying you guys are fucking straight up assholes or anything, but. You guys are just some real motherfuckers, you know? And and in this day and age where it's like, man, you can't even make a, a joke out of, like, certain <laughs> things and subjects. Well, man, I mean, like, like back when we were uh, you know, really kind of um, using the um, rebel flag imagery, you know, for us, it basically meant we're from the South and we're proud of it. And we don't right. like it or not. That's what it meant to us. It meant rebel. Mm-hmm. We were not, we, you know, we're, all of us, in the beginning, we're all small town guys, man. We didn't use a rebel flag imagery trying to reignite the Civil War. Right. That's ridiculous thinking. You know, we grew up watching watching and listening to Leonard Skinner in Black Oak, Arkansas, stuff like that. Hell yeah. Everybody else tries to hide their southern accent, tries to hide the fact that they are from bumfuck little town, South Carolina, North Carolina, whatever. Right. We, we're proud of it, and we still are. It's just that the thing that we used to use is now considered a, a hate emblem. Now, I can't help that what we used got bastardized by the uh, PC culture. Mm-hmm. And it did. That, that's the battle we lost. And I'm not, I'm not willing to jeopardize the safety of my band members, businesses of the people that uh, put out our records or book us tours or, uh, um, you know, 
have any kind of management with us. What I'm not ready to put them in jeopardy just to um, do something that used to be just phenomenally annoying people. Yeah, right. I mean, to me, it's you know, it's it's, it's colors, it's colors and some things, stars and put together and whatever. And obviously, you know, I'm I'm up here. It doesn't have symbolism to, really to me at all. But it wouldn't make sense for you. Right. Right. And it's just, but I do get it. It's also awesome that, hey, man, you understand it. And it's like, fuck it. It's not worth it. People are going to make such a fucking uproar about it. It ain't worth making me and my own, the people around me, making their lives fucking miserable, you know, over what's something clearly that people can't fucking stop right now because, you know, obviously there's not more important shit going on in the world, but whatever. No shit, man. And, and you know, there was, there was 10 years before we incorporated it. There was 10 years since it kind of faded out. We're, we're more than that. We're not just, we're not the uh, poster boys for trying to to reignite the Civil War. So you know, yeah. people that you know give a shit for oh, you guys, you guys used to be used to be wild and racist. Now you're not. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Well, that kind of, that's kind of a good segue into uh, something I want to talk about here because I mean, you guys, I mean, you basically did the last recordings with um, the gentleman. I shouldn't say a gentleman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably in my opinion and Trenton gives me flack about this because he's not a fan of him but I, I maybe I'll get shit for saying this but I respect the man because he was who he was and I'm not necessarily condoning I shouldn't have to justify myself but you know PC culture whatever we don't want to get cancelled boys and ghouls um, that was himself and he was to me the epitome of punk rock because to me punk rock is just this attitude it's not a fuck it's not what you wear you know, how you look or any of that shit. I mean, he was himself, and I'm talking about Gigi Allen, a guy who I don't think would fare too well in today's society and culture. But um, if you don't mind, man, real quick, what was that like, like uh, recording with him and uh, cutting, you know, those tracks and shit with Gigi? And what was he like with you guys? Well, man, with, with us, you know, uh, it's like I found an article on him in uh, Maximum Rock and Roll. Mm-hmm. Actually, actually, I think our guitarist, the late, great Joe Young, probably. Yes. He uh, showed me, man, check this dude out. You know, read this shit. And we were reading what he says, like, oh, damn. You know, this guy's, you know, we, we thought we were going to be, man, we're going to be the most controversial, controversial right. band in the damn world. Fuck it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then we were like, we said, man, we said, man, we gotta see this. We, we gotta see if this is real. Uh-huh. So back, back in these days, man, Gigi used to put out ads and rock and, and make Marvel, but his fucking phone number in. Yeah. Right? So we called him one night, got his answer machine. Joe says to him, hey, Gigi Allen, this is Joe Young. I play an anti-scene. And if you're as big and bad as you think you are, he goes, why don't you bring you and your little one-inch dick and come down here and play in Charlotte, North Carolina? My number is blah, 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 blah. Hope to hear from you soon. <laughs> At the shoot. <laughs> so a couple of nights later, we get a we get a phone call. Yeah, and it was him agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> and man, when he got down here, you know, me and him hit it off immediately. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't have to get used to me, or I didn't have to, you know. I just I, I treated him the way I want to be treated when right. I come to an out of town show. I mean, they're just coming for this one show, you know. And um, and of course, all hell did break loose, and everything I'd heard of happened right before my eyes. And uh, and I was just like, that was the wildest fucking thing I ever saw in my life. <laughs> Yeah, and then, and ever since that night, we stayed friends. And 
during the time when he, I guess, the next step after this meeting would have been when he uh, hooked up with the uh, disappointments. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that could, cause that's that's where the shit happened that he got. Yeah. And, uh, in, you know, in prison, we wrote to each other, and uh, we actually went to Jackson, Michigan, to visit him. And that meant a lot to him, you know? I mean, we were on tour, but we took a whole day to go out of our way to go visit him. And that, that, that spoke... That spoke a lot to him, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That said something to him. And, you know, we were, we stayed friends the entire time when he got out. And we said, hey, man, when you, you know, we got all this, all this, uh, loose stuff that we're not doing anything with. We'd like for you to, you know, we'll, we'll let this be your next album. You know, you can come out. You know, it'll be GD and anti scene. And, man, we gave him a cassette. He couldn't have it in prison, but when he got out, he was staying at a halfway house in the Ann Arbor for a while. And, man, he already had a notebook full of the songs, right? And by the time he came down to Charlotte, uh, he already had, uh, like, well, I don't know how many tunes we did. You know, the album you got from me the other day, mm-hmm. that's it. And uh, um, he he already had the, the tunes. We, we already recorded the music, so we were done. So it's just a matter of him coming down putting on his vocals. And it was good, too, because you guys, I mean, I'm a huge Gigi fan, and there isn't a lot of times, though, where, you listen to his music. I think like a lot of the early stuff, uh, where he actually had like a somewhat decent band behind him. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot, there's a lot of shit out there. It, it, it's it's rough. It's, you know what I mean? It's still cool to listen to, but it's it's like fuck, man. Like give me something with a good band and that fucking guy fronting it and that attitude. And I think that's what you guys delivered on, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we man, we were just thrilled to be part of a Gigi Allen record. You know, that, I mean, I guess. He was a contemporary, but we did look up to him, you know, because he kind of he kind of showed. He, you know, we thought we were pushing the envelope. He he shut kind of ball the envelope up and throw it throw it in somebody's face. <laughs> yeah, along with some shit. <laughs> it was some shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> the brown. <thing. laughs> but but man, um, like a lot of the stuff Gigi sings about on that record. I don't agree with not one bit. Right. Not, not one fucking bit, man. I, I'm pretty much a conservative guy. Did I kill the police stuff? I don't believe none of that. Ain't violence now. I, say, I ain't into that. We played that song live a hundred times. But it's because we got to do a record with Gigi. You know? It's like yeah. I went to sit there and uh, go, well, I don't agree with this subject, so we can't do this. I, it's like, Fuck it, man. Just do so just say what you gotta say. You know, I I want to be part of it. I don't care what you fucking say. You can say blow up the world. Now I don't give a damn. <laughs> and uh, we weren't we weren't gonna be censors to him. And you know, it was never discussed. It, it, you know, it was never discussed until now. To be honest, yeah. uh, like people say, um, well, Anton Singh got that song about uh, you know everybody getting out of the country. Blah blah blah. They got songs about this. this. Well, yeah, the, well, they also played with Gigi and got killed the police and assassinated the president. So what are they, extreme left or extreme right? Which is <laughs> Maybe we're extreme, we don't give a shit what you think, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything's it, it's so it's so um, critiqued and criticized. And especially, I mean, it, it doesn't matter when things were done. I mean, you guys, well, you cut that album going on, what, 30 years ago now? Close yeah, it, uh, Gigi came to the airport, and I was supposed to pick it up, but my daughter was being born. Mm-hmm. And my daughter's now 28 years old. So, yes, it was 20, 28, 29 years ago. Man, it's just fucking wild how fast time flies, isn't it? Yeah. It's just, uh, you kind of think back to a time, you know, and you can think about this with music or wrestling, mm-hmm. which were 
constantly be being on it. Well, that's the glory of our shows. We like to go all over the place, so there's there's no restriction. But wasn't it great when you could just enjoy stuff? Yeah. Movies and stuff. You, all you have to do is enjoy it. You didn't have to put it under a microscope. Yeah. It was definitely simpler times, brother. Well, I long for those times. I long for that because that's the way I grew up. That's the way I live. This one's the way the shit that's going on now, man. I, I don't want a part of it. Right. <laughs> yeah, dude, I hear you on that. Well, uh, let me ask you this. So, I mean, you guys, what was the, what was the last thing you remember saying to Gigi before he, uh, <laughs> before he went on that infamous uh, hey, bender? Hey, hey, hey. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly what happened. He he was down. Man, it's like he would come down to Charlotte and stay with us when he really wanted to decompress. Mm-hmm. He didn't want people to know where he was. He didn't want the phone ringing. I mean, back then there was phone on the wall, but, you know, he didn't want being tracked down. And, uh, you know, we'd always always feed him, treat him, treat him like family, you know? Because I, I guess in our mind, I mean, I still I still am close with Mom, you know? And uh, yeah. I, don't know, I guess both the Allen boys were always like family to me. And um, he came down, and he was with that chick that he did those um, talk shows with. He got um, a phone call. Someone and said they wanted him to be on Jane Wick mm-hmm. talk show, a daytime talk show. And uh, he was uh, staying with us. And at the time, we recorded that acoustic stuff, uh, you know, the kind of country sounding stuff they call Gigi Allen and the Carolina Shit Kickers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we recorded one part of it months ago, and then, then we recorded two more that day. And we were just sucking around because we had the, we had the gear and all the, and the band there. So we just did it and uh, kind of on the fly. No plans for it, really, you know. And he gets the call to go to Jane Whitney, so he goes. And um, But first, I got to say, we had a show that weekend, and he was going to come on, and we were going to play, play a song, and he was going to come on at the end and, and do it with us and raise all kind of Him and that girl were waiting in our bus, and I had... I, they got in some kind of argument or something, and they took off. And we just kind of left there holding the bag. I mean, we didn't announce it or anything. But, you know, after that, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it, you know? <laughs> so they had got a hotel, and they were there. And I just remember that was on Saturday. I didn't hear from him until Monday. He called me up. He said, man, I just want to tell you I'm sorry about the other night. And I said, well, what happened? And he said, ah, we started getting into it, and then I was in a fucking shitty mood and I just wanted to get the fuck out of there and I mean you know he, he made he made amends for it and, but the last thing I ever talked to him I, he apologized to me I don't know people said ah Gigi Allen don't apologize to nobody I said well you know what there's the people that knew the motherfucker and the people that read about him on the internet it gets which category I'm in <laughs> exactly <laughs> so uh yeah that's what happened and we were I was in the studio producing another band uh Man, I got a call. Got a call from Mo. He's like, man. He said, this is the call that we've been figuring. You know, I've been giving you a few years now. Mm-hmm. And even though we were expected it at any time, it sure as hell didn't make it any easier. Yeah, fucking a man. And you know that's that's like you said that there's this perceived notion of uh, what people who you know, read the tabloids and everything, thought they knew about the man. Then there's, you know, the people that do them. And, it, and it's cool to hear, you know, your take and your your viewpoint on that. Because it's like, it, it, at the end of the day, I, I, I mean, he's just a, he was a human like everybody else. He just like to fucking piss people off and, and stir up shit. 
and he did it in the most extreme way possible. And I, I'm a firm believer that, I mean, they'll never be another guy like him ever again, you know? No, they won't. And uh, anyone that tries, I mean, they're, they're just going to be a pale imitation because, uh, I mean, but now, I mean, what, what you, all you got to do is uh, bark. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> just pick a couple of choice words, and you're the worst son of a bitch that's ever walled her. Yeah. So, fuck it. <laughs> Speaking of fuck it, um, I, I was kind of creeping you out on uh, through your Facebook um, pictures. Dude, you've met a lot of fucking wrestlers. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of EC Dub boys I've seen. Um, tell us about Mick Foley, man. Uh, do you have any kind of relationship with him? Man, let me tell you something about Mick Foley. When, when I first discovered Cactus Jack, mm. it wasn't when most people did, which, you know, I guess would have been what? Uh, a WCW? Yeah, probably. Yeah. No, I was I was tuned into what he had going on when he was with Eastern Championship before it turned into Extreme Championship. Yeah, and it might have even been. It might at this point it might have even been Tri-State. Right. I mean, they had guys like uh, Eddie Gilbert. Yeah, hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert. And they had three really big, brutal shows. Uh, the thing that got me hooked on him was see, man, I used to know this dude in Philadelphia named Furry Counts. He used to run this. Uh, mail order business called Mondo mm-hmm. and he had a store up there and every time we were in Philadelphia you know we'd, we'd go hang out with this guy he made a Bruiser Brody t-shirt oh, yeah right and um, so I got one of those man I saw a picture in a wrestling magazine of this guy named Cactus Jack wearing the same Bruiser Brody shirt as me so he was already cool in my book just <laughs> that. but man we dressed the same <laughs> I always wore black warm up pants you know, jogging pants. Yeah, I'm gonna jog. Whatever they are, sweat pants. <laughs> sweat pants. Yeah, sweat. I do sweat. And uh, and um, you know, he's wearing flannel shirts like I got. I wore flannel shirts since I was a kid. I'm like, man, this dude. This is what I would look like if I was in wrestling. <laughs> it turns out we're the same age and everything. But um, man, and then he and then you know he came to WCW and we got to see him every week. Mm-hmm. And he quickly became my favorite wrestler. You say he's your favorite of all time? Not my favorite of all time. You know who that is. Man, I live in Charlotte. <laughs> Woo! That's the only thing. That's all you got to say, man. <laughs> but, uh, but I remember he was doing the Great American Bash at uh, Memorial Stadium here. And um, I got a anti shirt. I wrote him a letter. I put it in a pack and gave it to Grizzly Smith. Nice. Jake the Snake did. He ran it back there on a golf cart. And did he get it? Well, fuck, I don't know. Hit the part of it. The goddamn thing went in the trash board. It went in the damn uh, dressing room. But, man, when he came out, and me and a couple of our buddies, you know, and they all had anti shirts on and shit, he came out, and he leaned in over the damn rail, pointed at us, and did the bang-bang. So <laughs> I knew he got the damn shirt. Fuck yeah. So then... A couple weeks later, I'm watching, uh, I'm watching, I'm watching, you know, WCW, one of the shows, and did kind of a replay thing. Mm-hmm. doing a training thing where the barbarian was in his stable. Remember, the Texas Jack had a stable. Yeah, yeah. He was wearing some kind of hippie-looking uh, hoodie thing. You know, just pulled over, but it had a low neck. Mm-hmm. And he was wearing the damn top shirt. <laughs> That's what's up. So then, you know, we, we wrote the song about him. We tried to get him like... Let me tell you this, man. We were playing CBGB. And I wrote him a letter. This is back when you had to do everything by letter. Yeah, yeah. And I told him, I said, you know, Nick, we're going to be at uh, CBGB. Because at this point, he was living in Long Island. Mm -hmm. And um, 
And I said, so, you know, if you could come out, you know, of course, you, you would be our guest. And uh, so I never heard from him. I didn't know whether he got let or not. And uh, we're loading in a, C- a CBGB, you know, Hilly Crystal there. Uh, Ruth, uh, what, what's her name? She was there. She's the one that they had a phone booth in there. And the phone booth rang. She picked it up. And she goes, is anyone here named Jeff Clayton? And I said, yeah, yeah, me. She goes, you got a phone call. And I'm like, God damn, who's calling me at CBGB? There's probably something bad shit going on. <laughs> and I get in there and he's like, <laughs> he's like hey. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, he goes, cactus. I went, oh, shit. <laughs> and he's like, man, listen, he goes, I appreciate the invitation. I would love to come, but, man, I just got back from Japan, and I am I am beat up, and I got, you know, jet lag and all. He goes, I just can't make it. And I said, hey, man, that's great. I said, the, the invite's always open, you know, whenever we're anywhere. You're always our guest, you know? Yeah. And so, well, you know, I started seeing him at, at, at matches all the time, and he he, he recognized me. He always, like, maybe from the very beginning, he always, like, knew my name. He never had to ask me my name again, or, and you're from, you know, all this kind of stuff. Because we'd always give him stuff. And I always gave him records and stuff that had Cash Jacket. I didn't think, oh, yeah, not everybody is stuck in 73 and listens to uh, vinyl like me. But, uh, <laughs> they are now. Yeah, now or now. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like every single time I ever saw him, he was always very, very polite, very cordial, and went out of his way for me even several times. And the last time, well, I guess it wasn't the last time I saw him in person, but I saw him do one of his uh, his comedy things Yeah, at, at a comedy club here in Charlotte. And the manager of the comedy club used to manage one of the clubs we played, and she was a good friend of mine, and she knew I I love Mick Foley, so she's like, uh, listen, I got you and your wife, like, you know, stateside table when he comes. I was like, wow, that's going to be great, you know? And I'm going in there kind of trying to be, uh, I mean, I don't go everywhere thinking, oh, everyone's going to know who I am. I'm this big star now, shit. But, you know, I'm going in there, man, there's people bringing shit up to get me to sign and getting their pictures made with me. I'm just like, god damn, I'm just trying to, you know, do this. I mean, yeah. it, it was amazing. I couldn't believe it. It's like, god damn, you know? And uh, he comes on, he sees us sitting there, and man, he catered the entire show to me. Like, he'd always like he was talking about, yeah, once I was working working down there with um, the Von Erics, and uh, I remember I was going to do this thing where I crashed through this wall, and there was a beam right in it, and he goes, Jeff, you would appreciate this, because I went, <laughs> and he didn't include me in every story just about. That's it was pretty funny. It, 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 you know, I don't take shit like that for granted. I, I, was, I was tickled to death about it. I mean, I'm always a fan, you know? Yeah. Long, I've done this. Man, when when I get to see people that I admired and all that, I still admire them. You know, it 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 don't get old hat for me. I I got to do a tour with uh, the obsessed. I got to see nice. see a show perform nine times. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and then Dave Chandler writes me and tells me about your show. Hey, man, you got to be on this show. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> Dave Chandler, you only met me one time. But he's like, oh, I know you, man. You're that, that dude, man. Brother. You, you love wrestling. And yes, yes, sir, I certainly do. And, and he likes me. Man, you got to do this show. I mean, because you know how many times I get people, hey, you want to do my podcast? I'm like, right. you know, what, 9 o'clock? I, you know, I got to go to bed at 9.30. And, um, <laughs> and um, I'm like, well, fuck it. Dave Chandler says I got to do your show. I got to do it. Fuck yeah. Well, Dave's the man. I and mean, I appreciate it. I remember dude, when he was on, he was he spoke nothing but high praise about it. He's like, man, you got to have him on. And 
you know, Luke Hawks, uh, another guy, another wrestler. And I'm like, dude, I would, I fucking almost shit my pants. I'm like, dude, that's fucking awesome. You know, like I said, I love having guys on, especially in the music scene. You know, I'm in the music business myself. Like, so to be able to share that camaraderie of, of pro wrestling, man, and be able to sit here bullshit about wrestling amongst other things, to me, I mean, it's there's no greater joy. You know, I fucking get to sit here <laughs> and shoot the shit with fucking Jeff Clayton about pro wrestling, man. It's, it's fucking killer, dude. That's what life's about. Well, man, I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I'm honored to have you ask. I mean, I, I didn't make it. I didn't. I don't mean to make it sound like oh, people ask me and I just shrug it off. It's just sometimes, sometimes too much. Too much. And, I, and 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 believe me, I do not take it for granted, man. The fact that anyone wants to hear a goddamn word I got to say about anything means the world to me. I'm I'm not too important to talk to anyone. And um, and I don't know, you know, I'm sitting there. Saturday night, late, watching me some Fox News, getting all mad, and I was yeah. here comes my, it's like, Dave Chandler, what the hell is Dave Chandler me about? <laughs> hey, man, you, you got to do this damn show. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Chandler says I got to do it, so I'm doing it, I reckon. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dave's a good man, love talking to that guy, man. Man, I love St. Vitus, they're one of my favorite bands, man. Oh yeah, dude, I, it's. It's so crazy. I mean, they're lumped, you know, they're lumped in with like as being, you know, some of the forefathers of that whole doom movement with like Pentagram and uh, dude, it's it's amazing. Like just going back and watching some of that old shit, and even still to this day, I mean, they still fucking rock out, you know. Um, God damn it, it was so cool to hear that he was a, a wrestling, find out that he was a wrestling fan. Like I told him, I was like, man, I was watching a fucking mentors documentary, and like I seen you and I, I think it was, I think it was him and Wino. Um, they were talking about fucking El Duce and he's wearing an ECW shirt. And I'm like, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. I'm like, well, but you know, and I, here's the way I do shit, Jeff. Like I, I just hit people up, you know, I try to be real. Cause I think real recognizes real. I don't have to try to be, I just am, you know, I don't like, Hey, this is top 40 radio hits. Uh, do a, a, a new one podcast, you know, fuck all that. I, I, it's a lot cooler for me when you can just be real with people and it, and it rubs off and it's, it's, giving back and forth, you know? So I was sitting there and I'm like, man, you know, like I'm just going to hit this dude up or hit St. Vitus up and see what it would take. You know, like I could probably score like Dave on my show. You know, like that's the shit I got to tell myself in my head. So I actually do it instead of just being a fucking little coward, you know, and not asking. And I hit them up. And I think like a week or so later, I, I got a response. I was like, yeah, hit up Dave. And here's his fucking email. I was like, holy shit. And, and it came, man, and now I got you, and uh, the world's looking fucking all sunshine and rainbows. And all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, let, let me ask you this though. So, it's a cliche question, and I, I guess I'm not I'm not gonna do the Mount Rushmore shit, but I'd like to know who would you say would be like your top five favorite wrestlers of all time, man? Top five, top five, healer baby, doesn't matter. Let me think here a second, okay? Mm-hmm. Brody, yes. you've ever seen in person. Sting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, I saw, saw Sapu and Taz tear up a damn armory in Concord, oh. North Carolina one day. I was like, God almighty. Oh, yeah. Man, we've had, but, we've had Sapu on the show, too, man. I remember I used to go to one of the, you know, some of those uh, shows they had down here with the Mid-Atlantic, uh, you know, back in the 
the 70s and 80s. I was good shit. One of those Thanksgiving things. And man, time has kind of it kind of muddied the details for me. But one thing that stayed perfectly clear is that uh, it was Rick Flair and Greg Valentine. Now, I don't know if they were partnering up or if they were against each other. But it was a cage. And every time they climbed up on that top rope or down that cage, man, those blonde heads were just <laughs> Yeah. You know? I was like, wow. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how, like, him and, and even the American Dream, Beth the Rhodes, back in the day, man, like, those bleach blonde motherfuckers, dude. So you get a little trickle of blood. It, it just seemed like all of a sudden it was it was gushing out their whole head, man. It was like, it, it just made such a great, fucking picture and such a great visual man i mean i wonder if that's why some of the guys did bleach their hair out i mean i'm sure <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure some of those guys that this might have been yeah i've never really thought about that i got to <laughs> but man i mean it's like you know i i really i really love that that old stuff like that i mean it's like i take this leap from the from the old stuff, you know, and then to that, you know, um, when we started discovering the American version of hardcore, and then when 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 I learned about Japanese hardcore was through Wing, Wing and IWA, you know, with a Matsunaga yeah. and uh, Pogo and and that kind of stuff, and then of course, you know, when they did the tournament where uh, Funk and Cactus headlined the thing, you know, with the exploding barbed wire and all that. Yeah, <laughs> love it. <laughs> and I, I mean, and, and man, the thing about it is, look, I'm not going to sit here and knock what's going on today, mm-hmm. because I know what's going on today. Man, there's some kid right now, and he watched Raw tonight, and he saw something on there, and it clicked for him. Right. And 27 years from now, that kid's going to talk about that, even though you know I'm sitting here going, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. I, I know it's important to someone. I know someone is digging it, and you know what? That's great. As long as they're digging it. And it's wrestling, I'm good with it. Well, that being said, do you, have you watched anything like of the newer products, like AEW Impact or anything? No, I have not. I, I, I'm, ah. I did watch, what's the one that uh, Billy Corrigan's doing? Uh, the NWA. I did watch the first couple of that, and I enjoyed it. But, man, it's like I am so, I'm so busy these days. Uh, you were not with, with the... Uh, the almighty lockdown and stay home, you know, that I, <laughs> I'm busier than I've ever been, man. And I just don't have time to watch TV. I really right. And I told you, I, I told you in one of my texts to you that uh, I hate technology, so I don't know how to do a TV bar or nothing like that, you know. So I'm kind of a, I, you know, I guess if, if if I didn't have a whole lot going on all the time, I, I probably would. I got I I get pulled in so many directions that have nothing to do with oh, uh, sure. really core uh, any kind of entertainment whatsoever. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure that there's some good stuff going on. I'm sure there's some good people, or else you know it, it still wouldn't be going. Oh yeah, it's it's cool. I think what they're doing with AEW. I mean, there's it's modern. There's Hell of fucking athletes. There's some good throwback shit, and there's some hardcore shit. You know, we're talking about seeing some thumbtacks and some crazy fucking spots and all that and brutality. And and it's got some guys that you you might remember. You know, like you can think Roberts, Arn Anderson, um, brands like uh, MLW Major League Wrestling, like the same deal, man. And they they have the Von Eric boys. Um, Kevin's boys are wrestling for them. Um, they had, they have a good mix. They have a show. It's on YouTube. It's called Fusion, and 
it, dude, you want like strong style, you want death match, you want fucking pretty much anything in wrestling that isn't bullshit. You know, it's not like some hokey dokey soap opera WWE shit. Um, it, it's great to watch, man. It's it's really fucking cool, and they they do a lot of and fuck. They've had um, guys like Terry Funk in the promotion like early on in the early 2000s and they're just now releasing a lot of that footage man I think it was a death match between Dusty it was like Dusty and Terry Funk and I think Steve Carino um, some other guys man but a lot of really cool shit if you ever get like a second out of your busy motherfucking life to check it out man check it out man that sounds like something I'd be interested you know what I can tell you the last two wrestlers that were new to me I mean I guess when I tell you their names you might go well goddamn, man that's like 10 years ago but um the little Japanese girl that comes out with the mask oh Oscar yes I was very impressed with her when I saw her um also the the kid the Japanese kid that they were fishing doing strong style always wore the uh teeth, teeth guard the black teeth guard oh is that a, who the fuck is that with WWE yeah uh, I guess he was on uh what was that uh, like training league show they did? Uh, are you talking about like uh, it wasn't Yoshi Katsu, was it? No, man, skinny guy, long hair, young dude, Japanese. And they always said, you know, that like they were really pushing that term, strong style. Oh, exactly. God, uh, um, Shuke Nakamura. That's him. Yes, I like him when I saw him. Yeah, dude, he's he's had some hella matches in New Japan, dude. Uh, against like uh, Brock Lesnar went over there when he first left WWE. And they got it on, and uh, dude, these Shinsuke is good, man. I really like how he's utilizing WWE, but that's just kind of thing, you know. They're a huge corporation. They're a bastardized version of themselves, you know. Well, I mean, man, you know, I, I look at look, I mean, WWE had Rob Van Dam and Sabu, and look what they did to them. Yeah, <laughs> well. That and <laughs> they happen to get busted with drugs, but you know, like, that's you know the first, like they're the first ones to ever do that. Hell no, hell no. I Randy Orton still around, and that I know that dude's been doing some shit. You tell me the party boys ain't doing drugs, <laughs> right? No shit. Well, I've got an angle going on right now. I don't know if they just finished it up or whatever, but uh, with Jeff and basically making fun of his alcoholism. Well, not making fun, but using it in, as a storyline. Yeah. Like, damn, man. They didn't, they didn't learn anything from when they were doing that shit with Hawk from Legion of Doom and, you know, Scott Hall back at WCW. Like, can't it. Like, yeah. <laughs> to find man. Man. That was painful to watch, too, especially with, uh, for me, like, as a kid with the Road Warriors, because I fucking love the best band. Between them and, like, Rock and Roll Express, and I'd say, like, Monday, like, Dumbus, that's Road Warriors is my favorite tag team ever, man. I mean, it just don't get more intimidating as a fucking tandem than those two motherfuckers, you know? My favorite tag team of all was the Gene and Ole version of the Andersons. Nice. Okay. Well, them guys, you scared the shit out of me. Hell <laughs> oh, yeah. I, the only I was a fucking brute. I actually saw them and, like, bumped into them. They hurt me. <laughs> 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 Fuck yeah. Dude, so I, I, I was also surfing through your guys' vast catalog um, on iTunes. And you guys, you guys actually have a fucking wrestling album that's straight up nothing but, like, wrestling-themed music. And songs yes sir it's fucking awesome and you guys cover bad street usa yeah matter of fact we we just put that out on a single we we just did a track where we uh had jerry a from poison idea doing lead vocal oh no shit 
And the B side was a, it's a split. With, it's an anti scene doing a split with anti scene. We <laughs> did a track from 2012, and uh, that, that was Bad Street. Yeah, it was fucking amazing. I love that. That um, so our first uh, what was it? I don't know. And 80s some shows that we did. It was the first 20 seconds intro of Bad Street USA was what I was using for our intro theme music because I. <laughs> Dude, that's like my favorite wrestling thing ever, dude. I own the fucking. There's a DVD out. It's like a behind the scenes, like almost like a behind the music of it. Yeah. <laughs> Back on Bad Street, man. I'll have to. I'll have to get you a copy and fucking. Oh man, I'd love to see that, <laughs> dude. It's great, and it doesn't take itself too seriously, which is even better, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I dude, I got the seven inch of that shit. I just that takes you back to that time too, as a young kid and all those fucking big ass hair fucking dudes <laughs> I don't know what it is but I, I just love it like the smoke filled arena you know like I was talking about like reading the old PWIs and shit and uh just seeing all that and the fucking dudes all bloody and like all the guys rocking those Texas territories and the southern territories back in the day like that was my shit dude and the Freebirds ran some motherfucking hell back in the day and I, you know I'd have to put them up there too as another one of my favorite tag yeah. teams and or factions you know they're like one of the first uh I mean, everybody has, like, you know, there's the horsemen and shit, but, I mean, let's face it, dude, the Freebirds were three dudes. I mean, they weren't, I mean, they were a tag team, you know, but it was, they were more like a faction before there really was one, you know? And, yeah, I agree. And I just, I love that, that music video, too. That <laughs> shit's so silly. Did you ever hear the whole album that he cut back when that came I'll out? I'll <laughs> cut that off. <laughs> Hell yeah. It was three copies of it, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, I, I just thought that was awesome. You guys got the Sabu song on there, Cactus Jack. Um, what the fuck else? Parts Unknown. Good shit, man. Really good shit. Well, Jeff, before we wind down here, man, um, dude, brother, I'm definitely going to have to get you back on here sometime. We shoot the shit about some more wrestling, man, whenever yeah, you're... I, I would love to. Listen, every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard, um, I, I go live on the anti Facebook page, and I do a thing where I can talk about anti-Semitic history. Uh, it's called Break On Through. And I I don't know how many I've done now. I've been doing it the entire shutdown. And uh, there was a time when I was doing Tuesdays and Thursdays, but then I kind of wrapped it down to Tuesdays when things started opening up and people were getting busy. But uh, I talk about, um, I mean, you can, there's a lot of different um, things to talk about. Not just, oh, we played here, we played there. We played there. It's just the people that, that were in our orbit and allowed us to be in theirs. And the people we met, the people that, we, that influenced us and, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and I talk about all kinds of things. And I would like to also have you and your listeners uh, check out um, a company that I designed t-shirts for called On The Mark Shirts. Big cartel. And uh, they do a thing where they sell the shirt you know, for a week, and then uh, they do a pre-order, and that's it. And then you can't get it no more. And there's one up now of a very, very cool design, if I do say so myself, of the great Kabuki and Gary Hart. Oh, I did see that. I did see that on Facebook. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Dude, Gary Hart, they also, uh, MLW, that company I was telling you about, man, they, they do a lot of things. They, uh, they tribute packages and stuff to him. I think, um, they've, I can't remember what exactly his ties were. I think early on before he passed, he had some ties with MLW. So cool that they like acknowledge guys like that, you know. Well, I mean, God, they, they were the best. Yeah, and it's nostalgia. Let's face it, man. As wrestling fans, we fucking love that shit that we grew up on, you know. So when you see it in like modern day and it's getting it's just you, 
It's too fucking cool for school, man. I'll tell you what, I'm writing ML. Did you say MLW? MLW, Major League Wrestling. They even had Tony Schiavone calling, uh, doing commentary for him for a little while before he went to the AEW. Well, I just wrote that on my fly race board, so that'll remind me to look at it. Fuck yeah. Jeff, once again, man, I, I am totally grateful for this opportunity, man. Um, Stay in touch, dude. Fucking hopefully I can feed you some wrestling that, you know, maybe get you back a little more when you got time to do it. And uh, everybody out there listening right now, please make sure you check out what Jeff's got going on. Um, I was able to check out a couple of those live videos you did. And like I said, anybody that's a fan of the band or just the scene and what was going on, you know, around these guys, you're going to fucking love this shit. And I know a few people off the top of my head, they're going to go batshit crazy once they still to this and find out. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be scoring that Gary Hart t-shirt too, man, because that's, I can't let that shit slide. That's fucking awesome. Great Kabuki's awesome, man. He's one of, actually, and you guys cut the track on, uh, this guy too, with uh, the great yeah, Buddha. The, um, the, uh, mysterious green mist. Yeah. Yeah. And storyline wise, I mean, you know, um, Muda was like, what, the son of the great Kabuki? Of, the son of the great Kabuki. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, brother. So man, everybody, please. Hit us up at Juice Pro Wrestling on Instagram, Juice Pro Wrestling on Facebook, and JP Dub Podcast on Twitter. JPDub.com is our YouTube channel. Hit the fucking like and subscribe button. When you're there, fucking share those videos with your friends because you get to hear cool fucking times like this, like this fucking session right with fucking Jeff. <laughs> like that. Thanks for having me. I, I really had a good time talking to y'all. Oh, yeah. Anytime, brother. It's an honor and a privilege, brother. I, uh, dude, until next time. We got a wet on up. Hey, I'm so fucking wet for Jeff Glaze. And if it's fucking insane. Better buy the fucking t-shirts. Buy the music or we will find you. You gonna do sex to me? If you have thyroid eye disease and itchy eyes have you itching for a fight, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com.